the Word today. So excited to have you uh, joining us first Sunday of 2022. And I believe God's given me a word for our church. And so uh, just hang on, fasten your seatbelts. Uh, maybe there's a few things you want to jot down, grab a pen or a piece of paper. And uh, maybe there's something in here God wants to speak to you. Uh, one of the things Pastor Kimmy was reminding me, I think she said it's been five or six weeks since I preached. And I was just like, that is amazing. I've forgotten how to do it. <laughs> so if it doesn't come out right, I apologize because I feel a little bit rusty. And uh, so first thing we're going to do is pray and ask the Holy Spirit to use the word that I've brought. Speak to you. Bring life and strength to the church. God has something good for his church. God has good plans for your life, for your family, for your future. So let's turn to him and open our hearts to him. Lord, thank you that you have more for us, <laughs> that we haven't come to the end, that we're not at the end of the, the you know, the trickle is running out of the faucet and the last Drips are going to fall and there's no more. You have more for us. There's more of your Holy Spirit to be poured out. There's more of your, of your word that you want to share with us. More life, more strength, more purpose for your, for your people, God. You have good plans for us. You have hope for us. Thank you that there's more hope for us, God. There's a future for us. You have good plans. You're building your church, God. You're bringing strength and life. And we just say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our grandchildren, for our young people, for our children, for those generations that are coming up behind us. Lord, you have good for them. You want to work in their lives. So, Lord, we pray that greater things would come. More of your Holy Spirit would be poured out. That's our faith. That's our hope. And so, Lord, we pray you would... You would uh, stir in us today with your Holy Spirit. Stir in us with your word. And, uh, and we just open our hearts now, right now. Just, just open the door to your heart. Just purposely say, I'm opening my heart to you, Jesus. I'm opening my heart to your word. I'm opening my heart to you, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way in me. Come and speak to me. Come enlarge me. Come and work in me. Come and heal me. Come and empower me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Maybe that's all we should do today is pray. <laughs> and we'll just be blessed by God and by his spirit. But uh, we want to just open this word. So I've, been call I've called this uh, message today, there must be more. There must be more. Have you ever asked yourself... Uh, is there more? Is this all there is? If, I, if we come to the end, you know, I remember when I turned 30, and I was talking about this with one of my boys because he's getting close to 30, and uh, on his birthday this year, a couple of weeks ago, he he was a little discouraged. <laughs> the, the reality of life is starting to set in. I remember when I turned 30, I thought to myself, "Is this as good as it's going to get?" You know, if I if I've reached the best that I'm going to that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach, I'm going to accomplish, that I'm going to experience. And I can remember feeling a bit discouraged. Not everyone asked this question, though. You, you might have thought, Pastor Craig, you better get off your sorry horse. Uh, because I haven't asked myself, is there must be more, or is this all there is? Uh, 
And I've discovered that in my life, as I've now reached the grand age of 56, that there's different kinds of people in the world. Have you noticed there's different kinds of people? And today I want to talk to you about three kinds of people that I've discovered as a pastor working with people and the people that I see in the church, people that I see in the community and so on. And you've probably seen the similar things. So as I'm talking about these, these different kinds of people, why don't you just ask yourself, uh, um, what kind of person am I? Which, which place do I fit into these three? Which of these three kinds of people am I? And then maybe look at the people you're watching with today, the friends or family that you're sitting with, and, and uh, just kind of imagine what kind of person are they uh, in, of these three. And maybe you can kind of chide each other a little bit and have a little bit of fun with it. What kind of person am I? So these three kinds of people. The first one is the person who makes things happen. Do you know a person that makes things happen? They just know how to get things done. You know, you come up with an idea and they're organizing. You're just, they're right away starting to scheme. They get out a piece of paper and they start writing. You know, when we start talking about Christmas, my daughter-in-law, Sue, she gets out a scrap of paper from her purse and she gets a pen and she starts she starts saying, okay, who's going to bring the mashed potatoes? Who's going to bring the turkey? Who's going to bring the Brussels sprouts? Who's going who's gonna to make the gravy? You know, who's going who's gonna to do the cabbage rolls and the pierogies and all the kinds of stuff? And what time and what day and how are we going to work it all out? You know, there's people that we, uh, we encounter and there are people that make things happen. There's people like that in our school that we go to school with. We have friends. They know how to get things going. They know how to have fun and gather kids on the weekend or, uh, or, or whatever. You know, you know, make a stir. You know, accomplish something cool for God. I love seeing our young adults and our, our youth, that they have a passion for God. We were just talking about the young guys and worship, and, and they come early before, long before there's recording going on. And, and I tell you, man, the room is empty here. It is not exciting. It's not cool. You know, it's, it, there's, there's no one that they're worshiping for except for one person. <laughs> that's the greatest person. And that's Jesus. And they're, they're, they're here early. They're practicing. And they're wrestling through songs. And they're figuring out the notes and the rhythms. And, and who's going to carry this one and do that thing. And who's going to come in and this one. And the sound guys are here. The tech guys. And putting the words up. And there's not even anybody here to see it. But they're doing all these things. Because they're wanting to, they're wanting to bring a worship and an honor and a glory to God. <laughs> They're wanting to make something happen. They're not going to just lay down and give up. They're not going to sit back and say, oh, no one gives a care. We're not even going to try anymore. They're here saying we're the people that are going to make things happen. We're going to give God an opportunity. We know people are going to gather in their homes, in their living rooms. They're going to gather around computers and phones, and they're going to gather around TVs. You know, I was talking to people in Saskatchewan this week. They were turning on Gateway Church Live in a senior's home in Saskatchewan because they wanted to bring the worship of Jesus into that senior's home. Isn't that cool? 
I didn't ask anybody to do that. But someone said, I want to make something happen. I want to bring the glory of God. I want to bring hope to some people. And they're taking initiative. There's people that are praying. People that are giving. $37,000 above our regular giving came in at the year end. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, that there's people that want to make something happen. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, so I won't talk about it now. But people that are serving. People came and made hampers. And people uh, came and, and uh, delivered, brought donations of food and all kinds of gifts and things. And then, then packed it up. People made baking and cookies and all kinds of stuff. And it went out to seniors. It went out to... To uh, the church family, I think there was almost 200 families that were blessed in the church uh, by people that wanted to make something happen. Praise God for people that make things happen. And the second uh, person that I've encountered is the people or the person who watch, watches things happen. There's people that watch things happen. You know, there's people that make things happen, and then there's people who watch things happen. You know, these are the people that kind of come around, they're attracted, they hear something's happening, they hear about all the hampers, and they phone us up and they say, hey, is there any way I can get one of those? <laughs> is there any way I can be part of that blessing, you know? Is there and praise God, for, I'm, not, I'm not knocking those people, but we want to bless people. And there's all kinds of people, and there's people like that, that they see something exciting is happening, they see that the... The, the people, and I'm not just saying only the guys are worshiping because the girls are, are worshiping. And, and praise God, we have great women who lead in worship and lead and spearhead us into the presence of God. Praise God for that. But isn't it great to see uh, when people are, are pressing in and the presence of God is coming and people get attracted. They say, I want to be a part. I want to see what's going on. I want to get a taste of what's going on. I want to I want to feel that presence of God. I want to be around those people that are so passionate for God. There's something I don't even know what it is, but I want to see it. I want I want to be around it. I want to take advantage of it. Just kind of riding in the wake. <laughs> you know, and you get behind a motorboat on a tube and there's something kind of fun when they get up to a certain speed and that tube kind of gets out of the water and it's like and you're just riding back there. The guy in the front driving the boat is having the most fun because they get to go wherever they want. The people, poor suckers on the back, they came to watch. And they're on the tube and they're flying around. But that is a lot of fun too. And they're just coming and they're watching uh, what's, what's going on. Then there's a third person. And these are the people that don't know doesn't even know anything is happening. <laughs> there's people that make things happen. There's people that watch things that happen. Then there's a person that doesn't even know anything is happening. You know, they, they, they stumble into church. They stumble into uh, opportunities. They stumble into uh, service or stumble into youth group or stumble into a Bible study or a prayer meeting. And isn't it just awesome? I just love it. Our small groups that were meeting on Zoom. We had people that were just stumbling. One, one uh, new guys in our church uh, just was at the gym, and he was driving. He saw some cars. We were recording uh, the service, and he came to the door, 
and said, is there something going on? We said, of course there's something going on. He said, can I come in? I said, of course you can come in. And he was here for worship, and he jumped into our small group. He didn't even know anything was going on. He just saw cars, and here he was. Didn't even know. And uh, so isn't it great that people can not even know something has happened? Sometimes people are just self-absorbed. They're busy with life. They're busy with work. They're busy with their family. They're busy with all kinds of things, dreams and and things that they're going for, and they're just unaware uh, about what's going on around them. And uh, their lives can get touched and changed and stirred up. Uh, thanks, Jalissa, for bringing this. I'm going to use this here in a second. I just want to talk to you just for a moment, though. You know, we talk about these different kinds of people in the church. I want to encourage you that sometimes we have this idea uh, of individualism in the church. That everybody is an individual. We're all different. We all have our own opinion. We're all at different places. And everybody has to kind of do whatever they need to do. And it's okay. But I want to challenge our thinking on that. That the Bible and God has a challenge for the church. And that is that he's inviting us to come together. Not to buy into this notion that we're all individuals and that we all can live our own lives and our own dreams and our own way. But we're created in the church to be a family. We call the Gateway Church the Gateway Family. We do that on purpose. Because our mission as a church is not to create individuals who love Jesus, who will pursue Jesus, but that we will become a family who pursues Jesus and loves Jesus, and we go after Jesus together. Our commitment levels can maybe be different. Our understanding can be different, because that's how a family can work. But our goal is to follow Jesus together, to be committed to him, but also to be committed to one another. Right on. So I want to just... Uh, uh, draw something. I hope you can get it on the TV screen there or on the camera. Um, but I, I imagine it like this. When we, when we think of the church, um, the church is a lot like this. When, when, we, when we invite people to encounter Jesus, uh, 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 the book of Revelation, chapter 22 says, whosoever will Come. That's what the that's what that's what the the uh, words of Revelation twenty two seventeen say. Whosoever will come. So the the words of the scripture are saying all the different people, all the different levels of commitment, whatever the different kinds of people, whoever you are, if you're committed to make things happen, if you're just here to watch things happen, or if you don't even know something's happening, the Bible says in Revelation twenty two seventeen. Whosoever will come, right? Whosoever. I'm going to write whosoever. Whoso. Is that how you spell whoso? Ever. You guys can laugh at me at home. Whosoever. I think it's one word. And when I, th when I think about this, this is a low Commitment level. <laughs> Low commitment level. All you need to do is come. 
all as you need to do. The Bible says, whosoever will. If you have the will to come, that's all it takes. You just need to say, I want to be there. I want to encounter Jesus. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know your presence. I want to be forgiven. I want to be a whosoever. I want to be a whosoever will come. And in the church, though, we don't stay there. So sometimes we get this idea is that's where we stay. Whosoever, everybody can come and we can be at whatever commitment level and we can kind of be at this level. But the thing is, is it's a little bit deceiving because the church, even though um, the opening, the invitation is big like this. You can imagine this like a circle. You'll, you'll get what I'm drawing here in a second. I told Pastor Kimmy, I'm going to draw a kitchen uh, utensil. Do you know what that is, Pastor Kimmy? <laughs> what is it? She said a funnel. That is exactly what I was intending to draw. So when we think about the funnel, that Jesus invites people to enter into the church, into the kingdom of God, that there is a big, wide invitation. But the invitation um, that he gives uh, increases in commitment. In says he doesn't just leave us here he invites us to deepen our commitment right and so what happens is as we deepen our commitment the whosoever <laughs> whosoever all of our ideas all of our opinions all of a sudden become less important and Jesus ideas and Jesus' opinions become more important. And so we become like him. We become less like ourselves and more like Jesus, right? That's what happens. Now, as I was praying this year and coming to the end of the year, the Lord showed me uh, what was happening in the church. And there was a lake in Saskatchewan called Old Wives Lake, South of Musha. I don't really, I can't just remember driving by when I was a kid. And so this, this uh, lake in Saskatchewan, Old Wives Lake, I don't know why it's called Old Wives Lake, but it was a fairly big lake. And it kind of actually looked like a cool lake. But I remember we had a couple of dry summers. And you know what? That lake just literally dried up. It was a big lake, but it was very shallow. Right? There was not any life in the lake. There wasn't fish in the lake. There wasn't plants in the lake. There wasn't a lot going on in that lake. It just looked good on the surface, but underneath, it was very shallow. And so I just had this idea that the church can be a mile wide. To imagine this way, we're a mile wide, but we're only an inch deep. <laughs> can you imagine the church? If we just stayed right here. And sometimes we can be a mile wide and only an inch deep. Jesus doesn't want us to stay there. Why? Why? Because there's not fruitfulness. There's not life. There's not when, when challenges come, when the dry comes, when the heat 
and pressure gets turned up. You know what happens is, is this just dries up. All, this, all these opinions and all of our own ideas and all that, it just becomes lifeless. Right? And Jesus is inviting his church to increase in our commitment to him. Increase in our depth. Right? He is inviting us deeper. And this word deeper is a word that Jesus has given to me for this year. That he's calling our church to be deeper. And the thought came to me that even though we might be a mile wide, we're only an inch deep. And I, and I heard Jesus say, I want a church that might only be an inch wide but a mile deep, a mile deep. Even though the church might not look impressive, might not have fancy things going on, might not have big services going on, might not even have anybody in the room. There's a depth of relationship with him. There's a depth of commitment. There's, a, there's an experience of life in the Holy Spirit. That's an, a mile deep. And you know, one of the ways that it's going to happen, and uh, we've been working at this and encouraging this and praying for this and presenting this, and Pastor Tim, Kimmy was just talking about this, is, you know, even though we're watching Gateway Church live online, we're watching on our computers, on our phones, on our TVs, and all that sort of thing, even though that's happening and we don't have like a flashy service going on in the building. We can still be gathering in small groups. So even though it might seem small and insignificant, what's happening is our worship of God is getting deeper. Our relationships with one another are growing deeper. And so I want to encourage you, when you hear us talking about uh, inviting your friends and family to worship together. We're not just saying this as, you know, this is a suggestion. This is an idea. You should try this. What we're saying is we imagine the church, even though we might be gathering in small groups and small clusters, it might not look impressive. It may not be a mile wide and an inch deep. It may be only an inch wide, but it's growing to be a mile deep. We're looking and believing that people are going to begin to love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, encounter the Holy Spirit's presence together with one another. Right on. You know, um, this scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2 it talks about uh, this idea of of the church not being individual, but being a body. It says, to the church of God. So Paul is writing this letter to the church of Corinth. And he's saying, to the church of God that's in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. So you imagine, these are believers. He's writing to the church, people that have given themselves to Jesus, called to be saints together. 
<laughs> That's what he says. You're called to be saints. You're called to be believers, not as individuals, but you're called to be together with all of those who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. So he's saying the church is not about individuals. The church is about a body. It's about people joined together. It's about a family. You know, this year has been quite a year for us as a church family. I'm just going to move this this chart out of the way because I think it's going to be a distraction. You guys are going to be thinking about making stuff with a funnel in your kitchen. So let's, let's get through the word. Uh, this year has been quite a year, 2021. I just want to just remind you of some of the things uh, that, that happened this year. You know, we've met as the church. At the beginning of the year, we were meeting online. So last November, there was an order that came down that said you can only meet online, only have services online. So we were doing that into the new year, January, February, March, and uh, we were meeting. Then as Easter came, on Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we had communion outside, and people were in their cars and tuning in to church on the radio. Uh, I don't know if you remember, that you came, and some of those early services, we were celebrating when we had 12 cards come or we had 15 cars come. We thought, oh man, we've got revival going on in the parking lot with 12 or, or 15 cars. And, and a few people were coming together. And then people were watching online. We had cars in the parking lot and all that kind of stuff. Then we set tents up in the parking lot. I don't know if you remember that. We had small tents initially. Then we rented a tent. And then, and then Eden Spas donated their tents to us, two big tents, and left them here for months. Man, they just were a total blessing. And uh, I'll tell you, those guys that came to set up the tents, I was here uh, working with them a little bit. I really wasn't doing much work. They were just getting after it and they were they were joking and having fun and and I was just like these guys are blessing our church uh, don't even come here but we're excited about our our mission and vision and then we saw uh cars parked outside then we saw people sitting and at first it was two or three people sitting outside and then and then we had a breakthrough and and literally dozens of people bringing lawn chairs and sitting in the parking lot worshiping outside and then the neighbors from the apartments and places around were coming and bringing their kids to kids ministry that was happening in the building and people were outside the building and People were in cars and all kinds of things going on. And then people were coming early in the morning to pray outside. And they were in the parking lot. There was 20 people and 30 people. I think sometimes we had up to 40 people in the parking lot coming early in the morning and standing outside and praying. And I tell you, this was not just a, was not just a starchy old prayer meeting. This was Holy Ghost prayers. This was people crying out to God, people weeping to God, people uh, uh, experiencing the presence of God in our parking lot outside. This was going on this year as we came into summer. Then we had 48 hours of prayer, and people were gathering outside all around the city, and a few uh, maybe a few rules got stretched a little bit, and some were uh, meeting inside in different rooms in the church, and people were meeting. I can't even remember where. I don't know. There's people in the park. I think maybe people at the hospital, people all around. I know we, Carla and I, led a prayer group in the park over there, and, and man, people were gathering and encountering the presence of God all over the city. 
What a great time. And I tell you, that was a, that was a pivotal time for our church. And I also remember at that time, Brad and Kate answered the call and they moved to, to New Brunswick. And what a story. Uh, I'd love to share with you how Brad and Kate uh, came to that decision to move to New Brunswick and, and the privilege I had to walk with them through that decision and uh, just uh, uh, communicating with them this week. And they're just, you know, even though they're a little homesick, God is using them. And I was talking to Pastor Ken, uh, who's working with them in, in New Brunswick, helping them transition there. And he is so excited about Brad and Caitlin and uh, the, what the work that they're doing and uh, what they've able, been able to accomplish. So uh, let's keep them in our prayers. So that, that was happening in that, that, those days. Then we had uh, our Christmas Eve service this week online. And, uh, you know, it was, I know, uh, I, the staff tease me. Because I, I want to have crazy, uh, I just want to blow the doors open. Let's knock the walls off the church. And, and, we, and I always say, let's have a midnight service on Christmas Christmas Eve, and, and uh, my son-in-law, Jared, phoned me and said, Dad, I know you missed the staff meeting, but I volunteered to lead the midnight prayer uh, service, the uh, Gateway Church Live Christmas Eve service, and so I went. And there was someone from Germany there, and, and uh, Elizabeth was there from Nigeria. I don't know how many people were all watching. It was a small number of devices, but still, I'm just excited that the gospel was going out at midnight on Christmas Eve, around the world, around the world. Exciting. Uh, this year, we sent a new missionary, Lilia Nazinski. And uh, I remember her sitting in my office, and she said, Pastor, I want to be sent by a church who loves me. Oh, man, I just, I, I just weep when I think about young people that want to give their lives for the gospel. Man, it's amazing. And want to honor God and honor his word and her desire to be in relationship and to be loved and cared for. And I remember as we gathered outside, we were outside in the parking lot, and she shared some of her vision. And I remember different ones said, I will pray for you, Lilia, and putting up your hands. And people came around and, and surrounded her and made commitments to her. They're going to stand with her and pray with her. You know, Lily, on her way back to where she was going, I don't even want to say where she's going because we don't want um, that information to get into the wrong hands. But she was going back into the Middle East, and she got COVID. And so she had to isolate and she said it was really not that much fun having to isolate for a couple of weeks. But she said one good thing happened. While I was isolating, we were able to lead some people to the Lord. And we were able to start a new church in that country. I just think, what? My mind was blown. You know, you know we, here we probably would have had a study for two years and spent all kinds of money. And here she gets COVID. And while she's got COVID, she plants a church in another country. I think, man, praise God for how he's using the young people of Gateway Church and Gateway Church family. And I know different ones are out uh, serving him right now. Just think of, I don't really want to give a bunch of names, but uh, Caleb Plouffe, I just think of him going, uh, in uh, Sweden right now and uh, working with YWAM. We've also taken on the challenge, and uh, we're raising money this Christmas, the $45,000 goal uh, for a young couple. 
they have three young children, and they're going to an unreached group of people in the world. There's no gospel witness. And they've asked us if we would partner with them. And so that, that vision just gripped my heart. And, I, and we raised that, uh, that goal of $45,000. So if you, if you haven't given and you still want to get to be a part of that, that, that mission, we're not just raising money to put it in the bank. This is money that will go to this family. They're going to an unreached group of people in the world. No gospel witness. And they're willing to lay their lives down. And I was talking to one of the, the men that's working with them and, and uh, it's helping them strategize and get into this country. And there's a few uh, people that are going to meet there together. They've got a strategy of reaching that, that, that group of people. And they've already learned the language and all that sort of thing. And they said, you know, there's something about white people that these people love. They're just open. You know, other people, other ethnic groups come there with colors, and they, they're, they're, they're suspicious of them. But white people come, and they just kind of let their guard down, and they're open to what they have to say. And it's just created an openness for the gospel. And I think this could be a result of the prayers we've been praying for many years. I know we've prayed that we would be a church that would reach the nations, that we would be, uh, I remember some of those scriptures, that we'd be like a, a leaf, you know, uh, from the Revelation, that that Canada would be a leaf that would be to bring healing to the nations. And I just think we prayed that prayer. And here we have an opportunity. And I just want to encourage you, let's not let that go. Let's not let that go. We can be a part of that gateway family. Uh, our, our commitment to Allen in Thailand and so on. Oh, man, am I, am I out of time? I think, did you tell me I need to be done by 848? I only have a few minutes and I haven't even got halfway through my message. I, I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. You know, this year we had many baptisms. We had, we had over a dozen children dedicated to the Lord. We had grants from the government to hire. We had fi hired five students this summer. We have sent staff members, I said. Uh, we've launched a focus on discipleship with ministry multipliers. And it's been, it's been a challenge. I'm going to tell you that right off. Please pray for us. Uh, I want to do this well. I want to do it right. Our young people, our young leaders, our young ministry people, they deserve an opportunity. They deserve a chance. And I want to encourage them and empower them to be great in their service to our great God and their, and their service to the church. And, uh, man, I'm just so excited. It's such an honor to work with young people that are willing to, and older people, I have to say. There's, there's a, we have the youngest one, I think, is 17, youngest ministry multiplier. And maybe the oldest one, I don't even know how old they are. They look like they're in their 50s, but they could be in their 70s. I don't know. And, and I just say, thank you, God, for people that want to serve you. That want to not just, not just say, you know what, I got all the answers. I, I can do it better than you can do. But they're saying, I want to be discipled. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to become more like Jesus. You know, we're the church of Jesus. And we're called to do more than just our own individual desires and our own individual wants, our own individual needs. We're called to be saints together, Paul said. We're called to be committed to Jesus. We're called to be committed to one another. We're called to be committed to his mission, even if it looks like we're only an inch wide <laughs> right now. Jesus is asking us, would we grow 
to be a mildly? Would we grow in our relationship with one another? Would we grow in our relationship with him? You know, the word that Jesus gave me uh, last year was for us to be nimble. And we've talked about that many times. And praise God. He's used that. He's given us wisdom. He's given us grace. He's given us strategy and being nimble and how to shift and make these corners. And it's, When I look at these things, and I probably missed half the stuff. When I look at what God has done, part of that is because we've been able to be nimble. We didn't just try to do it the same way. We're not going to do it any other way, only this way. No, we, we allowed ourselves to be shaped and changed and I th- say thank you to our elders. Thank you to our board. Thank you to our staff. Thank you to you, uh, church family, because you've been patient. You've been praying. You've been being flexible and willing. And I just believe God wants to reward us because we've been willing. And And I see we have been rewarded, but I believe he wants to continue to reward us. This year, as I said, I believe the Lord is asking us to go deeper. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. You know, God reveals to us. He gives us wisdom. He gives us his grace. He gives us his strength. He gives us his strategies by his Holy Spirit. And it comes as we're willing to go deeper with God. Not just say, this is the only way. I'm only doing it this way, God. I'm, I'm in a rut. I'm, in a, I'm rigid. You know, if it's not done this way, there's no way. I'm not doing it. You know, this is the way it's got to be. No, God is saying if we would be willing to be uh, led by the Holy Spirit, by uh, being given grace by the Holy Spirit, if we'd be given wisdom by the Holy Spirit, if we would be willing to hear the Holy Spirit, He wants to search, He wants to lead, He wants to bring us into greater depths of God. God has more for the church. God has more for you. God is more for your family. He's at work. He's got the wisdom that we need. He's building his church. He is building his kingdom. And I think I'm going to just stop there because I, I, I could probably preach here for another hour, and I, and I don't think I should do that. But I just want to read one passage of Scripture as we're closing. Ezekiel 47, 3, verse uh, 6. And this is a a scripture the Lord reminded me of this week. And it says this, As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. (laughs) So you can imagine, here's a man leading you, and he leads you into uh, some water. And the water, he measures it out, and as you get out to the end of the measuring line, It's up to your ankles. This is a sign or this is a picture of us stepping in to being willing to walk by the Holy Spirit. This is making a decision to live our lives dependent on the Holy Spirit. This is saying, we want to ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead us, to direct us. We want to ask you, Holy Spirit, give us wisdom 
Bring us favor, Holy Spirit, in our workplaces, in our families, as we're in our neighborhoods, as we're volunteering in organizations in the community. Give us favor. Bring us blessing, Holy Spirit, to make the word of God alive in us, Holy Spirit. We want to walk by the Holy Spirit. This is ankle deep. You know, Carla and I practice this in our lives. We ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. We ask the Holy Spirit to direct our lives, to make us soft enough that we'd be humble enough to follow him. Then it goes on into verse 4. He says, he measured off another thousand cubits, and he led me through the water that was knee deep. (laughs) Knee deep. And this reminds us, or this is a picture of us praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is a complete dependence on the Holy Spirit. This is saying we might not even know what to pray for, but we're going to just trust the Holy Spirit would lead us. Sometimes we pray with, with intelligence. 1 Corinthians 14 says we pray in, with our mind, but we also pray with our spirit. Jude tells us to pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit, he says. Be encouraged as you pray in the Spirit. And I want to I say to you, church, you know, sometimes we're weirded out <laughs> by praying in the Spirit, by praying in tongues, by lifting up our voice. But I want to encourage you. The Scripture's clear to us that we can take this step of praying in the Spirit, and what happens is it brings strength to us. It brings encouragement to us. Have you been discouraged? Have you been felt like you're pressed down? Have you been feeling like you're held back? Have you been feeling like you don't have what it takes? That you don't have the wisdom you need? That you don't have the strength that you need? That you're not feeling as emotionally healthy as you want to be? I want to encourage you. Are you praying in the Spirit? Are you building yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit? Are you opening your mouth and speaking in tongues? And I just want to encourage you. Let's make this a normal practice for 2022. Let's be walking in the Spirit. Let's be praying in the Spirit. Let's lift up our mouths. You know, I want to just tell you a story. I, I remember I got called to go and visit Diane uh, Gervais in the hospital. She was in ICU, and I rang the buzzer, and they said, who are you? I said, I'm Diane's pastor, and they said, the only reason you we're going to let you in is because she's not going to make it through the night. And I went, oh boy. I had no idea what was going on. And I walked in, and there was people working on her. There was, I think, three or four people, and it was, it was crazy. And I didn't even know what to pray. I didn't know what to say. And I remember just beginning to pray in the Spirit. And I left there thinking, what did I just accomplish? I, I gave such a measly little gift of faith. My wife just had a visit with Diane Gervais in Walmart the other day. You know, this is years later. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not saying it was me or whatever. But I'm just saying, are we willing to be humble and say, you know what? This doesn't seem to make sense. Are we willing to let go of our pride and our self-dependence and signal to the Holy Spirit that we want you, Holy Spirit, We need you, Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. We need you in our lives. And when we open our mouths and pray in the Spirit, that's what we're saying to him. 
Then he goes on to say, he measured off another thousand cubits, and he led me into water that was up to my waist. And this is uh, a picture of us waiting on the Holy Spirit. You know, the book of Acts says that Jesus instructed his disciples to wait on the Holy Spirit, and they would be empowered. You know, our waist, our hips, that's, that's the strength of our body. That's where our power comes from. You know, our biggest muscles. And this has that picture of us of having times of waiting. And praise God, we're going to be having a time of waiting on God at the beginning of 2022 and having a Daniel fast. We're used to saying that announcement today. And, and there's going to be information on our website. So look for it. Come into the office. There's going to be a packet that's available and all that. Sign up and say, I want to be a part of waiting on you, Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he's called us to do. You know, our staff at the beginning of the year, we're going to have a retreat. And unfortunately, because I'm going in for a surgery this month, it's getting pushed into February. But our staff are going to be taking time to retreat and wait on the Holy Spirit. Our church, we're taking the 21 days to fast, Daniel fast. That's eating vegetables and things like that, just in case you're wondering. You can do it. You know, I can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And uh, waiting on the Holy Spirit to come. We want an encounter with you, Holy Spirit. It, we want you to know, Holy Spirit, this is not possible to do on our own. We need you. You know, the disciples waited for the Holy Spirit. The disciples were with Jesus. And if they waited, if they knew, you know, we can do some amazing things in our own strength. We can try things. We can organize things. We can, we can, we can try to do them as best we can and put it all together, make beautiful pictures and put it on the sign and get all the best people and all this stuff. And some good things can happen. But it's nothing. It's nothing like if the Holy Spirit comes. And I just want to encourage you. We need to take time to wait. And then the last thousand uh, uh that he measured off and he went into the river and he got into the river and the water was risen and it was water was risen and it was deep enough that he had to swim. And this talks is a picture of abandonment to the Spirit. Say, we trust you, Holy Spirit. We trust you in this year. This year does not look like it's shaping up to be so great. But we are going to trust you, Holy Spirit. You're going to take us forward. You're going to take us into better things. You've got good plans for us. You've got things in store for us. You have encounters for us. You have healings for us. You have, you have strength for us. You have breakthroughs for us. And uh, I want to just encourage you. The Holy Spirit has good for you. He has good things in store for you. And I just would like you, if you would stand with me as we're ending the service here. And we're just going to uh, uh, pray together. And the worship team is going to lead us in a song in a moment. But, but let's just stand and let's just invite the Holy Spirit. I'd like you just to think of these, these things, these steps that we can make to be a person that, that uh, makes things happen this year. It's not in our own strength. It's by walking in the Spirit. It's by praying in the Spirit. It's by waiting on the Holy Spirit. It's by abandoning our, ourselves 
to you, Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we come to you right now, and we just confess. I just, I'd like it if you just open your mouth and just say, Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. Lord, we're, we're desperate for you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we long for your presence. We long for you, Holy Spirit. Your, your strength, your leading your words of life, your words of encouragement that you bring to us, your words of wisdom. Lord, how you work, not just in our lives, and in the lives of the people around us, changing situations, changing attitudes, changing hearts. Holy Spirit, we just say we long for you. We need you. We desire you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we love you. We love you. I'm just going to pray in, in the Spirit for a, a moment. And if you know how to pray in the Spirit, I just encourage you to do it as well. Oh, Holy Spirit, we long for you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill our lives. Fill us, oh God. We don't want to go into 2022 without you, Holy Spirit. Fill us, oh God. Empower us, oh God. Lead us, oh God. Oh, Lord, we're just opening the doors of our lives to our heart. Lord, fill us up, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, we long for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for your gracious gift. Thank you for your gracious gift. Oh, we love you. Amen.